Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestle Life Radio episode. I am your host, Wrestle Life Micah, here with my cousin Kyle Pauly. Say hello, Kyle. What episode is this? I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't matter. The fact is that we're here. Matthew would normally handle that sort of thing, but as you all know, he said on our last uh, Money in the Bank preview that if Matthew, he, Matthew said that if Bray Wyatt loses to Braun Strowman cleanly, then he would never watch WWE programming again. And people that know Matthew may say, hey, he was being a little bit hyperbolic, but never once. In any absolute timeline, would Matt Sin be hyperbolic? Never. Never. So now you've got me, you've got Kyle. Some might say the best host. Some might be right. So uh, yeah, let's let's get into reviewing Money in the Bank 2020. Wait, 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 Kyle? wait. I can't I can't just I can't just let this happen. I can't what are you guys doing? You what? you're supposed been, to be here. We've been doing this for 103 episodes. I put it in the title. 103. We just had our 100th episode. It's a big deal. I mean, and you guys are completely skipping by this day in wrestling history. You know what this? You know what happened times. in this day in wrestling history? You got kicked off the podcast. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> all joking aside, uh, this will be my last episode for a few weeks um, because we are going to have some guests fill in with Kyle and Micah, which would be cool. Um, yeah, I remember when WWE did that guest thing? It was really cool. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah it I say, nice. I'm sorry, this is can we tomorrow. Get, can we get Shaq? The regular week interview will be my final uh, episode for a few weeks. Uh, if we get Shaquille O'Neal, we could get a, a whole whole lot of people. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to be doing some indie-focused stuff. I'm interviewing a lot of cool people, including this Saturday with my good buddy Dwight Deal, uh, who we all know. We grew up with Dwight. That is a really awesome episode. That one's already been recorded. Um, we have some other wrestlers coming up. We've got Alexia Nicole, who you guys know probably from Impact Wrestling. She's wrestled at some other places. Uh, Jace Darcy, Hember Cato. We have a lot of cool India episodes coming up, and I'm going to be focusing on those for a few weeks. Uh, but Kyle and Mike are going to get to hang out with some cool people. So uh, tell us in the comments who you think that those cool people might be. Hmm. Are you saying you're going to be focusing? I am on going focus? to be focusing on Indie Focus. Yes. That is gotcha. true. So uh, I will. I'm going to stay gone until Bray Wyatt defeats Braun Strowman. That might be days from now. Wait, Bray Wyatt or the Fiend? I don't care. It doesn't matter. But to be fair, I did think when I made that that the Fiend was wrestling Braun Strowman. I did think that. So yeah. Oops. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah. My bad. But yeah, I'll be back after The Fiend slash Bray Wyatt defeats Braun Strowman for the title. Until then, I'm here tonight, I'm here tomorrow, and you guys will be able to hear me on Saturdays on Indie Focus. Yeah, tune in for Kyle, Micah, and surprise guests each and every week for the next, I don't know, three weeks, four it's, weeks? It's going to be a when surprise to us, too. Wait, yeah, you guys have no idea. Uh, I think they said backlashes in, what, five weeks? I think five weeks? Uh, I think so. Am I going to be gone that long? That wasn't the plan. I only planned for four, but that's fine. It's fine. No big deal. Sure, sure, Matt. <laughs> let's do this day in wrestling history. Okay. Mr. Chris Cumby, the Wrestle Life heel. Take it away. Uh, this day in wrestling history. 
And that's right. Did you know this day, 23 years ago, let's talk about how old we are. 23 years ago, Rob Van Dam debuted on Monday Night Raw as a member of ECW with that weird ECW Jerry Lawler feud. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Nope. Yeah. No, you don't. You were a baby. I was zero 23 years ago. 23 years ago, you were zero. Yeah, you weren't born yet. It's true. It's true. Uh, And then 19 years ago, excuse me, 16 years ago, Total Nonstop Action Wrestling announces they will begin a weekly television show called TNA Impact. Huh. Yeah. Crazy, huh? Whatever, I remember, ha- whatever happened to them? Do you remember? Oh, they're still going. Well, it's, it's still going. <laughs> Alexi Nicole, who I'm interviewing for Indie Focus on Thursday, will be, uh, you, you can watch her on Impact right now. I mean, yeah. it seems like, I seem to remember that like Hulk Hogan showed up and then they just stopped programming. I don't know. Yeah, it was weird. Like they had AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, Samoa Joe, Roderick Strong, Johnny Gargano, all these just wonderful names that you, you still Lance see in here now. Yeah, yeah. Lance Archer was there. Um, R-Truth was there. Sting. Sting was there. Okada. And then Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff showed up, and then they just disappeared. Yeah. And then they came back, and Scott Steiner did some weird math stuff. Like, I don't know. <laughs> just for that one, one, one episode. <laughs> uh, all joking aside, Moose is now your TNA heavyweight champion. That's right. Not the Impact champion, the TNA heavyweight champion. I legitimately think, and I don't, I don't know. I don't watch Impact, so forgive me if this is incorrect. But I legitimately think that the storyline is he was more proud of TNA than Impact, so he went to like the storage room, grabbed the title, and said, I'm the champion now. I really think that's the storyline. That's a pretty cool storyline, if we're being honest. I mean, he, he was like, yeah, I beat all the current champions, so I'm just going to claim the TNA championship. And there you go. Yeah, did, did he come out with the tie-dye TNA shirt? Uh, <laughs> I don't think he did, but it would make me very happy if he did. You I, wish I, could, Micah? I wish I could find mine. I know it's somewhere. I'm, Mom boxes everything, so I'm sure it's somewhere. I It might be in my garage. I've got about 50 boxes in my garage I haven't gone through. It's only been six years. That's a lot yeah. of boxes. What now? <laughs> it's a lot of boxes. It is a lot of boxes. I've already been through about a dozen of them. I found my Genesis. Oh, nice. Yes. You won't find your, your NES games. Yeah, because you have those. Let's let's move into Money in the Bank since we're seven minutes in and we're randomly talking about stupid we might, stuff. We might go on longer than the pay-per-view did. <laughs> so this pay-per-view, by the way, actually, before we get into that, let's say something. So we're recording during Monday Night Raw right now. So let's, let's, let's you know, feed into the kayfabe. We're recording into Monday Night Raw, during Monday Night Raw right now, and Becky Lynch just announced that she has to relinquish her title, that she is pregnant. So I would like to say congratulations to Miss Becky Lynch, and of course, to Mr. Seth Rollins. Match number one, pre-show. This pay-per-view was two hours and 24 minutes long. It was the shortest United States pay-per-view since Survivor Series 1990. Thank God. 30 <laughs> years. And they still, they still can't shorten Raw. Well, no. That's different though because they have they have contracts with it. But yeah, it, it was it was awkwardly short, but it it was I think we're going to have drastically different opinions on this. So I'm actually really excited about it. So let's talk about it. So match number 1, we can talk we can 
go into detail, Kyle, if you want to. Did you watch the pre-show? I know you don't always. I actually did. Okay. For this once. was a really good match. It was about 13 minutes long. Jeff Hardy versus Cesaro. I know we all picked Jeff Hardy, so I don't have to ask you, Micah. Uh, he did win, and uh, it was good. Walk us through it, Kyle. It was a really good match. Uh, I mean, for a pre-show, if the crowd would have been there, it would have helped out a lot. Uh, and if it meant something, it probably would have helped out a lot. But really, Jeff Hardy got dominated like the entire match. Uh, Cole and Graves were sitting there the whole time talking about, you know, this isn't the same Jeff Hardy we grew up with. He's a little slower, blah, blah, blah. Like, just talk about his age and all that. But Cesaro really did beat the snot out of him through most of the he match. He sure did. Uh, just, you know, took it to him. And Hardy didn't really get going towards the end of the match. And uh, even then, like, he would hit like a move, and then Cesaro would kind of cut him off and, like, do some more damage. And, you know, that was basically what it was, basically leading up to the end of the match, uh, when essentially they Cesaro rocked him with, like, a series of uppercuts. Hardy fought back, hit a twist of fate, and he actually kicked out of it. And uh, Hardy climbed to the top rope, possibly going for a swanton bomb, but... Cesaro cut him off. Uh, they fought around ringside at one point. Hardy whipped Cesaro uh, into, this, into the steel steps. And Cesaro also had hurt his knee in the match, or they teased. He, Hardy hit a whisper in the wind, and Cesaro kind of fell funny on his leg. And he did a good job of selling his knee. I don't know if that was like planned for him to fall yeah. like that or if he actually hurt it. But I thought that he was hurt, but I haven't read or heard anything about it's it. It's kind of hard to fall awkwardly, awkwardly like that. But I mean, Cesaro is so good. Maybe he could do it. So maybe he did tweak a little bit and just said, hey, let's go with it. He wasn't seriously hurt, but right. uh, Hardy would focus on it a couple times. So Hardy was able to whip him into the steel steps with his knee. Also, not a DQ. That's important. Uh, then Hardy followed up with a cross body off the barricade. He got him back in the ring, hit a swanton bomb, and picked up the win. So Hardy definitely won, but he didn't get this win easy. Cesaro took it to him. And, yeah, if there would have been a crowd here, it probably would have you know, gone really well. They... I mean, it was a pretty long match. Like, it wasn't a short, you know, beating, and then Hardy got the win. Like, it was a pretty lengthy match. Um, I didn't time how long it was, but uh, it was a good opener. Minutes. Yeah, so de- they got a decent amount of time, and, uh, yeah, really good good way to kick off the show. Yeah, I legitimately enjoyed it. I also it. think it's worth mentioning that Cesaro had on his bar knee pads for the match. Yeah, and they didn't oh, mention him being Seamus' cool. partner and that they were still good friends. And so that's one reason they were saying he was taking it to Jeff because he knew that Seamus was pissed off or whatever. So, yeah. So they at least, you know, played up to that point a little bit. But honestly, I don't understand why they have to have a match on the pre show. As short as this pay per view was, this completely could have been the opening match for it. It could have been. But honestly, if they're going to do a pre show from now on, I'd rather it be something like this. I, I hate the pointless, let's just throw people in here match. And like it, I mean, this didn't mean anything at the end of the day and kind of took away from the match because it was a good match. But I'd rather have like a long match that's like good than have like a bunch of nothing matches that nobody cares about. So, yeah, and it will get people to watch the pre show. Um, I don't know if afterwards you can even go back and watch the pre show or not because when you go to WWE Network and you watch the you like click money in the bank, it starts at the beginning of the actual show, not the pre show. So, I do have the kickoffs. It's a pain in the butt to find it, but you can find it on the network. Yeah, but then you got to listen to, uh, what's his name, uh, Scott Stanford and Pete Rosenberg talk for like an hour. So, if you want to do that. Or you can just really the match, sound, which is what I did. It doesn't yeah. really sound like a great um, you know, win-win in this situation. Yeah. 
But definitely the best part of the pre-show was Hardy and Cesaro. They did, did a good yeah, job. The only good part. So yeah. the the show started and you have your SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. You've got the New Day versus the Forgotten Sons, Cutler and Blake, Miz and Morrison, and Lucha House Party. This match was 12 minutes long and there were a couple little things that I, I kind of want to nitpick about it. Um, but we'll, we'll go through the match first and kind of, you know, talk about it a little bit. Micah, do you, you want to run through this match? Uh, not really. I don't want to run through the match. I may run over the match because I don't like this match. I'll tell you why. Because fatal four-way tag team matches are dumb. They're stupid. They don't make any sense. I don't like it when AEW does it. I don't like it when WWE does it. Nobody needs to have these matches. It's so dumb. Why would you tag an opponent team in? And I know they got their kayfabe reasons for saying you're going to do it, but it's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. It needs to be a tornado tag match. If you can have battle royales, you can have the Royal Rumble, you can have a tornado fatal four-way tag team match. That would be so much better, and there's so many more things they could do with it. But no, they have to limit it to two people in the ring when there's eight men. It's dumb. I hate it. I don't like it. You can take it to the match if you want to. But that's my opinion. Well, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you what's even dumber than that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I get that, Micah, but they at least have, you know, some rules that they try to follow by. They, they do say that this is no disqualification, but at least they have the tags to show that, like, hey, the legal man needs to be in to pin the person or the ref's not going to count it, that type of thing. But, I mean, it is silly that you can tag, you know, your other team or whatever. But what's even dumber? So, basically, this match was a good match. It was like a good, like very well paced match. There's, you know, a lot going on. Uh, I mean, every team got to shine here. It's basically what the SmackDown match was, but on the pay-per-view. So it was good, not great, but it's good. So the really dumb part was toward the end of the match, uh, Riker was on the outside for the uh, uh, the Forgotten Sons. I forgot their name for a second. Uh, basically Big E at one point launched Kofi over the top rope on the Forgotten Sons ringside. And so Riker decided to interfere and, uh, he, so he finally got involved and it's dumb that he's out there and it's a no DQ match and he just refuses to help, but he kind of stood out of the way and I just forgot him out of him at one point and it didn't bother me as much when I was watching the match. But then when he interfered, I was like, okay, well he, he finally, maybe you could say like, he waited to the last minute. Like he just saw his boys get jumped on. Like, you know, now they're really hurting. So now they need this help. He wants, you could say that, I guess it still doesn't really make any sense. Cause there's no DQs. He can just jump in whenever. Yeah. But the, so he, he interferes the referee sees this and says, Hey buddy, you're out of here. And he gets all mad. And then the forgotten sons get mad and they all get distracted. And then metal league hits like a cross body or like no, he, he, he jumped on the biggie. I'm sorry. But basically, he, they all like hit a crossbody on the floor, Dorado and uh, Metalik, and knocked all the heels down. But why was he freaking out? Like, what, what is the referee going to do if he doesn't leave ringside? There's yeah. no DQ. So and he left. Yeah. He's, it, like, after everybody had jumped on, he, he leaves. And they just, like, proceeded with the end of the match, which was... Uh, after Medley hit, they hit off the crossbody on the outside. He tried to hit it on Biggie in the ring, and Biggie caught him. Uh, Kofi Kingston hit the trouble in paradise. Then Biggie followed it with a big ending on Medley and got the pin. So New Day retained. But why even have that ending where everything's going well, and then Riker interferes and just throws a wrench into like this, like 
it just totally took me out of the match because I was like, wait, if you're if he's out there and you let him stay out there for a long time, he finally interferes. You're just going to throw him out, and there's no disqualification. So what does it matter? Like I, I don't know. It was dumb. The match was fine. I mean, it's pretty good, and then that ending was just kind of dumb, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so that really drove me crazy. And another thing that drove me crazy is they just had this match on Friday, and it was an eight-man tag team match, but it was 4v4 instead of 2v2v2v2. Right. The same match. It just had it two days ahead of time. The Jackson Riker stuff drove me insane. Like, why wouldn't he just be like, I'm not leaving. This is no DQ. What are you going to do? Yeah, and they they freaked out, which caused him to get jumped on. Yeah. He could just Made walk no in sense. and hit the ref. It's no deal. Yeah. yeah. You know what you, you know what the easiest thing to do to fix this problem is when you have a fatal four tag team match, be like, okay, DQs are still a thing, but instead of calling the match off, your team is disqualified and banned to the back. There you go. So if Jackson Riker interferes and he gets the Forgotten Son disqualified, now it is a triple threat tag team match. That's a super simple solution. Easy peasy. Why in the world, if it's not if it's no DQ, why don't they just like bring sledgehammer to the ring? And I get this kayfabe, and you gotta you, you gotta you know still or put tasers. on the show, but it has to make sense, right? I would bring a taser. I yeah, mean, bring something. I mean, it put Goldberg down, so I guess it could take anyone. Worked, down. It worked against Goldberg. Yeah, one hundred percent. Anyway, the new day retained. Who do we all predict on this match, Micah? Uh, everybody chose New Day. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, MVP versus R-Truth is next, and even though Kyle picked R-Truth and Micah and I picked MVP... Yeah, I don't think anybody is, gets a point. <laughs> yeah, it is irrelevant, because the match didn't happen. So, basically what happened is R-Truth comes out, and R-Truth is amazing. R-Truth is so good. And he comes out, he does his song, he screams what's up, he holds his mic up, and he's like, it is so good to hear all of you sing with me tonight. There's nobody there. Nobody's there. And so, MVP comes out, and then R-Truth is like, oh, I need to teach you how to play basketball and teach you how to go balling. And MVP's like, what? Dude, I've been doing this for like 15 years. And so they start arguing. Then Bobby Lashley's music hits. He comes out, pats MVP on the shoulder. He's like, it's all right, man. You can have the night off. With no and Lana, like, by the way. What now? No Lana. Yeah, exactly. And uh, MVP goes, oh, that's what's up. And then leaves. And R-Truth says, Bobby, thank you so much for giving us the night off. It's just, it's so kind of you. And Bobby, like, grabs him, and R-Truth's like, no, man, let's let's relax. Let's be friends. We're just going to kind of go hang out. There's so much of the world to see. And as he says that, he's, like, gesturing to show, you know, Bobby that you can go see the whole world, which is the Performance Center, apparently. And he accidentally slaps him in the face. I, so the I'm rings. going BS on this, because if you watch that slow-mo replay... It looked like he slapped him on purpose. Yeah, exactly. But he kayfabe accidentally slapped him. And uh, the match is a minute long. Minute 12, I think, was the exact time. And Bobby Lashley destroyed R-Truth. And that's fine. Because Although, R-Truth... I'm sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. I'd say R-Truth is just as over now in that loss as he ever was. R-Truth is one of the few people that doesn't need winning to be over. Because of that 24-7 title. And he's so entertaining. He has something to do. He doesn't need to win these. It's okay for to job him out. And I was going to say, if you ask R-Truth, he beat MVP. He did, so, yeah, because later in the show, he's like looking at this picture, and I'm like, please be a picture of the 24-7 title. <laughs> and he's sitting there, and Charlie comes up to him, and he's like, oh, Charlie, I, I sure am glad I beat MVP tonight. Boy, he's lost a lot of weight. But, you know, I need to focus on getting my baby back. And he p- t- picks up the picture, 
shows that it's him holding his 24-7 title, and he stares in the camera and says, I'm coming for you, Tom Brady! It's great. And then he leaves, and then Charlie, who does not understand the concept of jokes, because if you have to explain a joke, it's not funny. Nobody in says, WWE understands the concept of jokes. Right. It's all the time. Right. Charlie's like, he, uh, he actually meant Rob Gronkowski. Thanks, Charlie. Yeah. We didn't know that. I think it's more that WWE doesn't trust their audience intelligence. Right. To get it's the joke. a big part of it. I mean, that's, that's such a highbrow. That's such a highbrow joke. I don't know if people would really get that. Yeah. Uh, Wrestling fans don't watch the NFL, I guess. Yeah. I will say, Matt, you you said this was fine. I actually really hated this. So our truth is funny. I mean, he's yeah. never. Uh, well, I don't want to say never, but normally he's pretty funny. He came out and, and you know did his thing and you know whatever. But just this whole like thing for what it was which is absolutely ridiculous because he comes out and sings his entire theme song, you know, dances, whatever MVP comes out. They argue in the ring forever. Then Lashley comes out. They talk to each other. Then he squashes truth. And you know, all this, all this stuff, it just takes, you know, way too much time for what it actually was. Not only that it was pointless. I, I guess you could say, you know, MVP is trying to start the stable and maybe Lashley's is going to join whatever you could have done this on raw the next night if you really wanted to. My problem was it was pointless. It like who cares? Like you said, like you said, truth is just the same coming in and out of it. Bobby Lashley isn't any more over because of it. And what do we just say happened on SmackDown? Mandy and Sonya. Could this not have fit in the exact same slot? Probably the same time because they didn't really give them any time. We gave them six minutes. And what this this match was like a minute, but the. There was like 10 minutes before that that they were wasting all this time? I think the whole thing all to combine was probably about 10 minutes. But yeah, and plus the show was only, it wasn't even two and a half hours long. They absolutely could have had Mandy and Sonya on it. Yes, so I'm sitting here thinking like, this is just a waste of my time. Like, I I mean, R-Truth is the only redeemable quality of this segment. But I mean, still, it's just like, I don't care because like, it just means nothing. And I, I guess they did it for this and for the gronk thing at the end they just had to put him on here i don't know but other than that like i was just sitting here thinking like sonia and mandy deserve to be in the spot they probably i mean i thought their match was more entertaining than this segment was so why not but they did this instead for god only knows what reason and vince it was was fine i mean this was a this was a raw or smackdown really i mean this was a Regular show. I tell you, Cesaro and Hardy, as good as it was, or the tag team match, which was just fine, were both pulled off of SmackDown. It was the same thing. There were SmackDown matches put on a pay-per-view. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, because Cesaro and Hardy was really good, but they were just, no, they weren't special. There was one special and one unique match on this card, and we'll get yeah. to those. I also want to point out, all of these matches happened at the Performance Center, and yep. I was under the impression they would happen on top of the corporate building. No, I was severely disappointed when they opened it up and it was like, right now at performance and I was like, oh, it's so it's the same thing. Yeah, I might have thing. I might have also thought that. I don't think why, they ever pointed that out. Well, why wouldn't they? I mean, they have the ring there. I don't know, maybe it's hard to get people there. Is it where is it at? Is it New York? Is that the issue? Uh, uh it's wind in, guess. I don't know. It's in Connecticut. Okay. Yeah, I guess it's harder to get people in Connecticut right now. I guess I get that, but it would have been really cool if they were all outside because i like outside venues for one but it just been it had been a little more special personally yeah, i get that but so bailey and tamina is next oh god Who are we picking that? 
Who cares? Everyone, everyone chose Bailey. This right. match was horrible. No, it wasn't. Yes, it, wasn't it was. No, it wasn't. Samina got blown up in like the first five minutes. The the match was only ten minutes long. Basically, the match was called, fine until the ending, which was miserably bad. It's called selling, Kyle. She was yeah. selling. <laughs> so, yeah. Tamina, who basically is like trying to be nice now. Bailey's like pushing around and slapping her. And I'm like, I don't like this, but whatever. It's fine. And then she's like, I want the mean Tamina. The mean the Tamina's like, okay. And then she's exactly the same. She but, picked her up. She spanked her and put her on the top rope and like lectured her. She was like, you, you hit me in my face. She, she did. You're in a wrestling match. She put her in time out. Oh my God. I hated this match so much. It's like when you tell a toddler, go sit in the corner. Sasha got interrupted. There was one obnoxiously cool spot, and you have to admit that was really cool, is Tamina's outside with Bailey, and she grabs her and chunks her towards the ring, but she throws her up in the air, and Bailey bounces off the ropes from the outside and runs into a clothesline. Yeah, that was, that really was cool. one of the it was one of the coolest spots I've ever seen. I yeah. really liked it. That was really cool. It was really cool. I'm glad you enjoyed it. But the ending was terrible because T- <laughs> Tamina hits her Samoan drop on Bailey. And she starts to cover her, and Sasha, like, slides in the ring. And then, like, Tamina's like, I guess I'll chase her now. So she chases her around the outside of the ring. Idiot. <laughs> it's so stupid. She chases her out of the outside, around the outside of the ring. And uh, Tamina slides back in. Sasha Banks runs away. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Sasha Banks slides in. Tamina who I'm not sure if she was blown up and too tired or if she... That's exactly what it was. ...couldn't slide into the ring, but Sasha, like, was about to pretend like she was trying to get out of the ring, but she had to stall herself because Tamina couldn't get to her in time. So Tamina gets to her, grabs her. Bailey interferes. Tamina starts attacking Bailey, hits her with another Samoan drop. and No, no, picks her up with a Samoan drop. And then Bailey, like, rolls her up like that stupid Darby Allen uh, uh, Cody match from... Two weeks ago. And she rolled her up because Tamina could not even muster the strength to help her. <laughs> I mean, she wasn't even like, she was barely, her shoulder might not even been down, honestly. Got the three count. It was, it was a terrible ending to what I thought was an okay match, but I, I see that you drastically disagree. Yes. <laughs> I agree just, it's an okay match. Kyle just really hates Tamina. That's true. No, I mean, it's not like, even that. Uh, it probably didn't help that going in, I saw that stupid, like, Tamina being nice promo that she, like, I thought that was absolutely, it was like she was Bray Wyatt. It was like she was Bray Wyatt. And it was just dumb. And I'm like, I'd rather her just be mean. Like, be the, like, the mean, you know, women of the, you know, women of the division, just like tearing people apart. Like, you're going to be mean to Sasha and Bailey who have been mean to everybody else. Like, I'd be fine with that. Like, her pretending to be nice and all this and, I don't know. It just, it was a very basic match. It had a horrible ending. Like I said, Tamina got blown up like halfway through and was just like, like I said, Sasha, she had to slow down as she was good. Actually, she's had to not even slow down. She stopped. She slid from like underneath the corner and got caught up on the ropes and just like stopped and had to wait for Tamina to catch her. Yep. Like, I don't know. Just the whole, she, she had the match won and Sasha just slid in the ring and she stood up. And just like stopped pinning, just this whole match was, I hated it. Hated it. 
I mean, basically this whole show, other than the last two matches, were was just a fancy episode of SmackDown, so yeah, I don't know. Although it's uh, worse than anything they've done on SmackDown the last couple weeks. Anything? Yes. Mm. So at this point, we're two weeks, we're two, I'm sorry. To, to clarify, like, the the worst thing that Tamina, Bailey, Sasha, all this whole story, I think this, this match was the worst thing that happened in that whole thing. Okay. So at this point, we're about an hour in, right? Maybe a little over an hour. And we are getting to your first heavyweight championship match. Yeah, that was, I, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, I looked at my wife and I said, hey, am I forgetting something? There's just the money in the bank and the Rollins-McIntyre match, right? And she's like, I think so. I'm like, wow, these matches must be really long. Yeah, Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt was 10 minutes and 55 seconds. I'm looking at the official time right here. Yep. This this match was really strange. Um, they wrestled for a few minutes. Braun Strowman kicked I out wanna, of I want to go over something before we go into okay. the match. Go for it. Bray Wyatt's coming in. He's got his Mr. Rogers get up on. Uh-huh. He looks over to Michael Cole and company, and he says, I don't care what people say about you guys. I think you're doing a good job. And come on, I, I understand you playing a gimmick. But sometimes you go too far, Bray Wyatt. <laughs> Nobody has ever said that Michael Cole and Corey Graves are doing a good job. Nobody actually <laughs> believes that. Come well, on, that's, man. that's a joke. Yeah, that's I know. Joke. That's, I it's a joke. I was making yeah. a joke too. I was being sarcastic. Yeah, yeah I, th- I thought that was really funny. Yeah, I just yeah. wanted. To, I want to make sure we hit that before we went into the match. Yeah. Well, he's very entertaining. He's great. So basically, they wrestled for a bit. Bray Wyatt hit Braun Strowman with a sister Abigail. Um, a lot of people thought have, have told me that they thought that that was going to be an actual, like the actual finish of the match. Um, but it was not basically Braun got tossed out of the ring. He comes back up and he's got the, the black sheep mask on. Ooh. Ooh. And so for like two minutes, they're like, Bray Wyatt's like, Oh, I told him, I told him you could come home. And then like all the puppets are out there saying, yes, Braun's come home. Yay. They get, give hugs, then Braun Strowman takes off the mask, stomps it, and he was supposed to slam Bray Wyatt into the mask, but he like accidentally kicked it as he was moving forward. Uh, pins him one, two, three, and that means that after tomorrow, I can no longer appear on the Weekend Review Show. But yeah, it was, it was not as bad. This ending was pretty bad too, though. Yeah, it was, but and it was eleven minutes long. But it, there was some storytelling in the match. It was fine. As a wrestling match, it wasn't great. But as a storytelling piece of entertainment, it was not terrible. Because <laughs> we always the highest of Braun accolades Strowman, here from Wrestle Life Radio. Because we don't want to see Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt in there just telling stories. Now these Let's two houses killing each other. I despise Braun Strowman, and I thought this was just fine. So it was. I didn't. I don't really have a problem with it. I I'll don't. say it was better than I expected. That's yeah. the highest praise that I'll give it. Okay. Yeah, I didn't care for it at all. <laughs> I mean, right, it was it was fine through the beginning. The pig getting involved just annoyed me because it just it just it was very WWE. Uh, then it was okay until the whole sheep mask thing came in for me because. Strowman had the clear advantage. He was he kicked out of Sister Abigail already. He was beating the snot out of Bray at this point. So he had him beaten, basically. 
So it, it would make sense if like Strowman had got knocked the outside and Bray had the advantage and Strowman got the mask then and did But like, why did he even do the mask thing? It was like, he did it to trick Bray, but he already was like killing the dude to like, what does it even matter? And then it just took, it just went on forever. Not only just, that, he stashed it under the ring. He brought it out intentionally to use it. Yeah. And then all the puppets got involved and it was just, just overbooked WWE stuff as normal. And I could have done without it. So would you say that it's better than Braun Strowman versus Goldberg? Yeah. Yeah, probably. But I mean, it was, it was, a hundred times better than the Hell in the Cell match. So for it's sure. it's the best match of Braun Strowman's title reign. Then it's true. Maybe the best match from Bray Wyatt too, other <laughs> than Daniel Bryan. Yeah, yeah, which is fun. sad, but whatever. So let's move into Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins, and I I legitimately I love this le- match. Yeah, I, I thought this was good. a literal instant classic. And again, as I said earlier in the show. I don't like to praise Seth Rollins, but my gosh, when he's on it, man, he's just on it. And he does some stupid, terrible stuff in the ring. I'm not talking about his personal life. In the ring that I don't like, he might give the worst suicide dive of any superstar I've ever seen. But my gosh, this match was just so good, and I loved, loved the finish. So go ahead, Kyle, and tell us about it. Yeah, I mean, it was just a really good match between the two guys. Uh, I mean, they're booking Drew like the top babyface he needs to be booked as. I mean, he came out and was like just demolishing Seth and enjoying it. I mean, he was had like a smile on his face. Uh, he, he was, you know, just, just beating the snot out of Seth to start out with. Uh, basically had firm was in firm control until Rollins attacked his knee. And even that didn't take him out at first. It took several different moves onto uh, McIntyre's knee for Seth to like get the advantage over him. And then he started working the knee through the rest of the match. Uh, basically, he just had McIntyre on the ropes, and McIntyre kept trying to fight back, but Seth would just like you know knock him back down. And uh, essentially, like late in the match, McIntyre went for a future shock DDT, and Rollins able to fight out of it. He went for a pin, but only got a one count. Uh, he had a frog splash for another one count, which tends to be a trend that they're doing with McIntyre. I'm not the biggest fan of it, but hey, I mean, it's getting the, it's probably getting the guy over. So right. I, I can't hate on it too much because it's better than, you know, having the baby face lose clean. It's the opposite of that. So, hey, that's an improvement. So um, Rollins kept teasing, like using the chair. The ref, He brought in the chair. Referee told him he was going to disqualify if he used it. Uh, and so he, he thought about it and then threw the chair out. He went for a curb stomp that McIntyre hit the Glasgow kiss, which is the headbutt basically. Uh, McIntyre got on the top rope. Rollins cut him off, hit a superplex into the Falcon arrow for a close two count. Rollins went for the stomp to stomp again, but McIntyre hit him with future shock. Uh, they both fought on the top turnbuckle. Basically Rollins got up on the top and McIntyre was like in the tree of woe. And he, like, re- he was just like on the floor, like just had like a giant sit up, basically, it, like reached up and grabbed Rollins and threw him, and Rollins just did a giant backflip across the ring. It was awesome. It was so good. And then McIntyre got up, went for the Claymore. He did the three count, 
Rollins super kicked him right in the face and the stomp. And I think he only got a one count for that too. Or was it a near fall? Uh, I think it was a one count. Yeah. I'm pretty sure actually. Yes. And that, like I said, that's kind of been his, his new thing is, I mean, he got hit with like an F5 and kicked out at one and, you know, he's, he's kicking out of these moves. They're making him just like a super baby face. So thumbs up. Fine with me. So, uh, Basically, the finish came when McIntyre went for the Glasgow kiss again, but Seth Rollins bounced off the ropes. He hit a super kick, but basically McIntyre fell back into the ropes, bounced off, and came back and hit the Claymore kick and picked up the win and retained the title. So, really good match. Uh, just fantastic. For me, by far the best match of the show, match of the night. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, 100% agree. Yeah, I don't, I don't uh, think it's even close, really. Yeah. No. No. I mean, and I understand that the main event match, some people really liked and some people really didn't like. I don't think that a match like that can have someone go, eh, because it was just so weird. We're about to get into it. I know you've you've all heard all about it. It was just so weird and, and so just not WWE-like at all. This match was everything that it needed to be. This was the real main event, and then it really yeah. was. This was the last show or the last match that happened in the Performance Center. The other thing was, was pre-taped. It was just good. It was just so good. Yeah. Yeah, it was so, it was very good match. I mean, it was just a brawl the entire time. I, I yeah, I, I don't entirely like how Drew he really got beat up a lot during the match. I mean, he was kicking out at one, but man, he looked dead a couple points out. Which yeah. it's it's I guess it's good. You don't wanna you don't wanna bury Seth in uh you don't wanna be a Brock Lesnar. But uh, yeah, it was. I really like this match, and my favorite. I think my favorite match of WrestleMania was Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens, and my favorite match of this pay per view also had Seth Rollins in it. I know Matt that you don't like Seth Rollins, but I, honestly, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of heel Seth Rollins. Face Seth Rollins can go jump in a lake. Heel Seth Rollins, I think he's top tier. Good well, stuff. So here's here's what I th- so. Basically what happened, and this this might have you know some ramifications on Raw tonight, but after the match, McIntyre actually extended his hand for Rollins to shake, and he told him, like, he's like, hey, man, you gave me a hell of a fight. Like, he extended his hand, and Rollins actually shook his hand. And Well, no, yeah. what, I, what actually happened is he went in to shake Rollins' hand. He was like, hey, man, good fight. That's what I needed. Thank you for that. And Rollins looks at him. And he's like, come on, be a man, be a leader, show him who you are, and shake my hand. And Seth Rollins kind of just cowardly shook his hand. And golly, man, Drew just alpha to the crap out of Seth Rollins. Like, that was such an alpha move. He went and was like, be a man, shake my hand. And Seth Rollins was like, yes, sir, yes, sir, please don't hit me again, sir. There you go, sir. I mean... He didn't really come off as a coward to me, but I just saw it as like him accepting it. And that's not a necessarily heel thing to do. So will it change his character at all that he got his, uh, you know what handed to him in this match? So uh, maybe that. God, I hope not. I want him to stay a heel. He's not good as a face. <laughs> well, I agree that he's a good heel. And I mean, God, he's such a great, I mean, this match proves he's a great wrestler. He, he just is. had this, this character has been horrible. I mean, now his entrance music, which, you know, leans me to think he's going to stay in this way for a while. Cause it's just like generic music that they did for him. They did a crappy, like new Titan Tron thing, like video for him that like just looked horrible. So he's like full in on this Messiah thing, but it is just not a good character. Like, I don't know if he's trying to be heel Jericho that like is, that was monotone back in the day or like who he's trying to be. But I mean, 
he's trying to be the Messiah and trying to lead people, but these kind of like cult leaders and stuff like that, that, you know, get people to follow them, like even a Bray Wyatt, they do it because they're charismatic, not because they're monotone. And like, why would you follow this guy? If he like, he talked like this all the time, like you, you gotta be, you know, somewhat charismatic. You gotta have some kind of passion behind what you're saying. And he has none of that. So the character he's playing right now, I absolutely hate, but this match was great. I agree. He's better as a heel, but uh, this Messiah character is just death. I don't, I don't know. I think, I think it was better when he actually had his disciples there. Of course, now, right. you know, with everything going on, he isn't having disciples. So being the Messiah is kind of dumb if you're alone. Um, well, he was just heel Seth Rollins when he was doing that. Like he kind of went back to just being, he blamed the fans. He was unhappy with how they treated him. And he was just, you know, the heel Seth Rollins he was before he was a babyface last time. Yeah, but and even then, look at—I think it was last week's Raw. They had that uh, the sit-down contract signing, whatever, between Drew and Rollins. I loved that. That was some of the best promo work I've seen from WWE in a long time. It was really good, and even on Seth Rollins' part, it was really good. And I think that I don't know if it's an issue of him not trying because some of his promos are ridiculous and just monotone and boring and uncharismatic. But it seems like when he puts it on, he puts it on, and it's it's really good. I don't think the gimmick is the issue. I mean, I, I have my personal issues with the gimmick, but it's not in how it's been executed. It's fine. Let's get let's stop. I don't want to talk about Seth Rollins anymore. <laughs> Minute time. That's what that's what everyone's here for, you baby. Talk about the man's baby daddy. No, I don't. Okay. Or Seth Rollins. So you have the dual money in the bank. What? Men and women's matches. It happened at the same time. Money on the roof. Yeah. Money on the roof. So you have Carmella, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, Asuka, Nia Jax, and Shanna Baszler on the women. By the way, we all picked McIntyre, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, we all picked Strowman. Did I skip that one? We did all pick Strowman. Okay. Uh, then we have AJ Styles, Aleister Black, Daniel Bryan, King Baron Corbin, Otis, and Rey Mysterio for the men. Now, even though this match started at the same time, the men and women entered at different places and with different styles. The men were awesome, and they came in one at a time. They were jawing at each other. They were kind of in a circle. They were like yelling. They waited for the bell to ring, and then they started attacking. The women came out and stood at an orderly line. It was like a video game. It was like a video game. Like choose your character. It was really weird. Really weird. Um, And it's nothing against the women. That's just how it was written. So they're all just chilling. And then Asuka's music hits. Like, where's Asuka? And the camera pans up. But what Asuka does not do is start climbing towards the roof. because She's already got a floor above them. She just dives on to everybody. This is fine. Are we just going to gloss over what Carmella was wearing, by the way? She was wearing... You go for it. (laughs) She was wearing... Like... Holy boobs, Batman. Like, my God. Like, I think they use, like, I, I don't know what this miracle the seamstress did or whatever. Like, I don't know how she didn't, like, fall out of her clothes. Like, she was wearing nothing, practically. It was, it was ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. Well, I mean, it was pre-recorded, so even if she did, it doesn't matter. It, but what what does matter... It was like they told had... me that ahead of time, and she was like, oh, man, I'm just going to wear whatever I want. And just... But, my Lord... <laughs> It was actually legitimately cool attire, though, because they had, like, 
dollar bills like printed on. I think she's worn this before. I was not looking at the dollar bills, Matthew. Oh my gosh. Were you watching this with Stephanie? I couldn't help it. This one said like it, it wasn't my choice. Like it was, <laughs> it was thrown at my TV screen. That's an entire political argument we're not gonna get into. Yeah. I will was, say it was ridiculous when Carmella and when <laughs> Carmella when Carmella and Dana Brooke came in and did their like entire entrance thing, Carmella did the freaking moonwalk while everybody else was just standing there and Dana did her like flip. I'm just like, what are you doing? Yeah. What, what are you well, doing? They, they all had Why? to play their theme, their theme music and they all had to get their entrances in. It was so dumb. It, it was, was so dumb. It would have been like, it would have been like the equivalent of Rey Mysterio walking around the corner of the gym and then doing his springboard thing where he jumps <laughs> into the gym. It was just dumb. I, don't, I didn't like that at all. It, it like literally like I was sitting there and I was like, this takes me out of the moment. This is so dumb. So, Not nearly as much as Carmella's attire, though, as Kyle would say. So the match starts. Asuka jumps on the women, dances around and screams because she's amazing, hits the elevator, and then just like she starts, she hits up, and the women, other women are climbing towards her, like crawling towards her. And then she just goes. And I'm like, well, Asuka won. There you go. A lot of things happened in this match, by the way, that didn't make any sense. So let's we're, we're go ahead. We're going to preface that. It was an right? acid trip of a match. I mean, yeah, yeah. it wasn't quite Firefly Funhouse, but it was it was ridiculous. There was no wrestling in this match at all. It just beat snot out of each other. Rey Mysterio did some hurricane runners off the... Rey Mysterio got a couple hurricane runners. That's about it. <laughs> so basically, then the men start fighting. The men are in the weight room. And then... That one spot, Otis just like grabs weights and sits him on top of AJ Styles. I love that. He said, let's do some power lifting. <laughs> and AJ couldn't get up. And so all the other guys are like, well, we should probably go up. And then AJ, or Ray's the last one. And AJ's like, Ray, Ray, help me, Ray. And Ray like stops for a second. And he's like, nah, and starts running off. And AJ's like, I'll get you for this, Ray. Like, this is not Ray Mysterio's fault. This is Otis's fault. But whatever. Like, what do you what do you expect him to do? Like, sure, man, I'll help you out. Then we'll we'll fight. And no, that's stupid. Also, I don't very think can pick that up. <laughs> but he might not be able to. But very important to point out. Uh, and this might actually, I, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. This might be an ongoing story, and I hope they continue with it. Corbin, at one point, uh, who, who was it? I think it was either Alistair or Ray Mysterio. Uh, no, actually, no, it was Daniel Bryan. He picked up a giant yeah. weight and was going to throw it at Daniel Bryan. He tried to murder Daniel Bryan with a 45-pound weight. He hurls it at him. Yeah. Bryan moves out of the way, and it shatters the glass behind him, and Corbin just stares at the mirror, and it and just pops curb, my head. The curb, the curb your enthusiasm theme played afterwards. It didn't, but, it didn't actually, but it may as well have. What happens right. when you break a mirror? You get seven years bad luck. You sure do. You also get a big fine on your paycheck. Yeah, and probably has to, has to replace that in the uh, WWE headquarters. But yeah, so he he might have bad luck going forward. We will we will see. That would be great. God, I hope so. So for the next seven years, wouldn't it be awesome if for the next seven years, long term booking, <laughs> he's like this horrible jobber loser, and then the day after his seven year mark, he wins the world title. Well. I don't want to see him win the world title, but sure. <laughs> yeah, it's about it's to win, maybe. I mean, it would be better than his King Corbin gimmick. That is true. So, basically, they start running up, and there were, there's so much to go through, but I just want to hit some highlights, and anything I missed, you guys can tell me about. 
Um, they're running by a bathroom. Brother Love comes out of a stall, looks at Rey Mysterio and says, I love you. Not just that. Rey Mysterio, everybody ran by the bathroom. Rainbow was in the process of running by the bathroom. And then a toilet flush. And he just had to stop and see <laughs> who was in there using the bathroom. Who was in there? Yeah. And then, yes, Brother Love came out. It's a race like, I love you too, man. But like, I got, I got stuff to do. And then runs I gotta off. Go. I got to go. Yeah. They had a spot where they fought in this little area where there were ropes, like actual wrestling ropes there. And there was a chair and like Doink comes up. Like, I don't, I don't think it was Doink. It was like someone in Doink makeup. It was like a janitor that <laughs> they saw that was like, Hey man, I'll pay you $20 pal. If you put this Doink costume on, yeah. had like his button up, like, I wouldn't call it a janitor shirt, but it's just like a faded blue short sleeve button up shirt. And Doink the Clown makeup is the weirdest thing. Well, it wasn't the weirdest thing that happened in this match, but it was no. weird. Yeah, I think Vince just wanted Doink in this match. And he was like, hey, can we get Doink? And everybody's like, I think Doink's dead. Who are we going to get to play Doink? And they just found somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and so there was another spot. Where they all got up there and they, they all got into catering at the same time. And Paul Heyman's there and he's like preparing to eat. And everybody just like goes in the room. He's got well, like on, a- there, there was one por- important part I want to go over that you did. That okay. happened before this. So okay. uh, it was the it was the women's part of the match. It, Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Dana Brooke and Carmella all were up on the they were up on the floor above them. They went into a conference room. Oh, was that before the, the food fight? Yes. Oh, okay. Go ahead. It's, and so they were they were in the conference room. Uh, Dana Brooke, you know, wipes out uh, Nia Jax with a chair. She had just thrown Shayna uh, across the room. Carmella had gotten thrown in there by Nia Jax, so she was down too. Dana grabs the chair, not, wipes out Nia Jax. She notices a briefcase hanging above the conference room table. It's full of money. And she gets up on the conference room table. She pulls it down. And she actually... Th- Thought she had won the match. Like she's looking down at this thing like, oh my God, I actually did it. She's like looking at this, this thing. And then Stephanie shows up. She she doesn't, I think they made it, made you believe or wanted you believe that she just like walked in the room, but she was clearly like on a webcam. Yeah, it looked right. like she was recording a cameo for Dana Brooke. Yes. Right? <laughs> like, it was clearly a cell phone camera against a white background and with completely different audio settings. Like, come on, man. You're a billion-dollar company. This is one of your main people. You can do better than this. And she, does she not right. live in Stanford? Like, why could she not? Oh, whatever. Anyway, so she walks in. She tells Dana, you're an idiot. That's that's not the real briefcase. It's on the roof. Like we've been saying for weeks, <laughs> hey, the whole point of the match is to get to the roof for the stupid briefcase. But she thought she won it in a conference room, she and it's not even a contract; it's money. So she said that it's a, a the money in the bank conference room. So I guess it's the conference room they use once a year to plan money in the bank, or it's where they stick people in there and put them on acid so they can come up with this match. I don't know. I guess so. <laughs> but Dana is just like distraught. She thought she had won for some dumb reason. Carmelo then grabs a picture of herself and like cartoon style smashes Dana Brooks through the the picture. And Carmella Moon walks out, and uh, then Lacey Evans knocks her out with a right hand. And then we go back to the men. And so I do want to point out that Stephanie did say, and can you clean up a little bit? Nia's drooling over there. Yeah. She's like, that's gross. That's great. Also, the uh, the styles, 
So Aegis Styles uh, was looking for Rey Mysterio after he had failed to pick the weights upon him. Uh, he saw a picture of Undertaker in the hallway, and he was frozen in fear. And I also it, want to say he walked past a Roman Reigns poster, right? And he was not I scared mean, of that. That's the first, yeah. That's the first time we've seen Roman Reigns in weeks since since before WrestleMania, right? And they made sure to get in the shot too. By the way, yeah, it, they held it on the Roman Reigns poster. Like, see, guys, we haven't tried to write him off, right? Yeah, so. Okay. AJ Styles is looking for Mysterio. He's trying all these doors. They're all locked. He finally finds one that's open. He opens the door, and apparently it's Undertaker's office. There is It's lit with purple light. I, there was fog in there, I think. There was a casket was sitting there. Undertaker, Undertaker's music started playing, and Styles just had flashbacks from the Boneyard match. He was just frozen in fear. It was hilarious. And then he's looking. He, he couldn't even move. And Black showed up, kicked him into the room, and sh- like slammed the door. I thought he locked him in there, and then he ran he off. Like slowly closed the door, and then ran off. Yeah, and AJ's like, no, no, and I'm like, okay, I guess we're running off AJ. Not so. He was back like three minutes later. Yeah, yep. like it's not like he can't just turn the handle. It doesn't lock yeah. from the outside. I don't get it. And then Alistair Black like snickers in himself and walks away. Yep. And, that's, and then we led to the food fight where... Yeah, so the great thing about the food fight is Dana Brooke like, came stumbling in while they were all yelling at each other. And she still got this thing around... It's like Carmella's picture around her head. Yes. Like, Car- it's like perfectly set up where her head went through where Carmella's head was. It looks like Carmella's body with Dana Brooke's head. It, just, it was just a hilarious visual. Uh, so basically, Otis yells food fight. And they all start throwing food at each other. Now, again, this doesn't make any sense, but it was entertaining. Then Shannon Baszler's like, you know what I'm going to do? I want to attack Rey Mysterio. Because that makes sense, right? So she attacks Rey Mysterio, even though they're not in the same match, and this literally takes up time away from her. Then Nia Jax and Otis smash Rey Mysterio. They square up against each other. Nia Jax is bigger than Otis. Yeah, they had a face-off. Yeah. Like they're teasing a match. Like they were two heavyweights in a battle royal who like wound up looking at each other. Like it's basically what they did. So why can Nia Jax climb a ladder and Otis can't? That's my question. Because they didn't book, they can't book a woman as fat. Yeah. I guess they can't book a man as fat because equality. Right. Even though she's not equality. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then Otis, or they all run off, right? Otis then decides, I'm just going to stop and eat real quick. So he sees, goes into this, the kitchen, sees all this food, grabs a pie. He's about to eat it. He says, hi. Yeah. <laughs> John Laurinaitis comes up on this like scooter thing. His old theme music starts playing. He gives a thumbs up and says, people power. And Otis does what everyone else wants to do because we all hate John Laurinaitis. He just pies him in the face. Then walks off. Micah, did you know who this was? Nope. Yeah. I was like, who's this disabled man? People probably <laughs> have no idea who this guy is. Yeah. I mean, Brother Love is like a throwback. So, I mean, and he's, so he's I comical. Didn't know, I didn't know who Brother Love was, but I was like, why is Bruce Pritchard dressed like that? <laughs> yeah. So, Brother Love is kind of a throwback, so that's fine. But, like, that's supposed to be, like, the modern callback. Because he, he wasn't that long ago, I guess. But... He was kind of a behind-the-scenes heel for a while, but not an on-screen heel for a long time. And it was kind of a short time. So I don't know why they felt the need for him to show up. 
I guess because they he was probably just there. But Why I don't think he, 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 sig- scooter I don't think he works anymore? anymore. I didn't hear either of you. Let's try this again. Why is he in a wheelchair? Can he not walk anymore? Does he have like a problem? No, he can walk. Far as I know. Why was he in the mobility I th- scooter? I think he was doing a gimmick with that. Like at some point when he was on TV. Yeah. Just ba- basically saying, I'm not really hurt or something. I'm lazy and I'm just going to take the scooter. It was that kind of a thing. So he had the Walmart gimmick. Yes. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. So we'll go on. We have more fighting, more fighting, more fighting. And the, the next big spot is the, the Vince office, right? Uh, yes. Okay. So AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan, two of the most technically gifted wrestlers ever. Of all time, are brawling into this office. I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is Vince's office. Yeah, they had the giant skull on the the like dinosaur skull on the wall, which is yep. pretty famous for being in his office. Yep. Had the, like the little the four person table where he would would meet with Jr. and Shane and all these guys from back in the day. Like I, I think that was on some special. They, yep. they were all sitting there. So like, yeah, I definitely recognize it as soon as they busted in there. Yeah. And then you see this man sitting in the back. I'm like, holy crap, it's Vince. And so AJ Styles and Dan O'Brien still attacking. Vince turns around and they realize what they've done. He stands up. He's angry. Stop it. And he's wearing jeans. Yep. And then he says, get out. And they're like, oh, so sorry, sir. Sorry. Sorry. We'll, we'll leave. We'll close the door. And they're leaving. And he's like, wait, wait, we have to, we have to fix the chairs. So they go back inside the office. They fix the chairs, and then they leave them like, we're so sorry. Sorry, apologies. Apologies. Please forgive us. Also, if, if you know uh, Daniel Bryan did like the, whenever you leave or enter the jiu-jitsu mat, or you yeah. bow to your mask, like, like hitting your hands on your legs, he did that to right. Yeah. I, I popped. And then so they leave, and then this man like uses some Purell, sits down, then turns around and starts working again. And so they're standing outside the office like they're buddies. And AJ's like, man, you 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 really freaked out in there. And Daniel Bryan's like, what are you talking about? You're the one that went back in and told us to fix the chairs. And, Dan, and AJ goes, all right, I did, didn't I? Then punches Daniel Bryan, and they just start, <laughs> start fighting again. He reared back and punched him, and it was funny. But I was really hoping yeah. that he would just chop the piss out of him. Because like, <laughs> that would have been like quick and just like just hear the chop right there would have been hilarious. But yeah. the punch was fine, too. So it would have been great if he would have chopped him and Vince like stuck his head out the door like, quit it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so good because literally there's there's no commentary this whole match. And there's music in the background like the Boneyard match had in the Firefly Funhouse. And it's just like consistently changing. So like they stopped the music as they were leaving. And then as soon as AJ punched Dan O'Brien, the music started again. Yeah, And it was just so good. So Baron Corbin hits... Uh, AJ or yeah hits AJ with a scepter after AJ takes out Daniel and says I'm going to the roof and he goes to the roof just decides after all this time hey I'm going to the roof yeah 100% what a good idea yeah why don't you announce so, it to everyone and let everyone know your plan I also forgot to know that Oscar did not in fact ride the elevator all the top all the way to the top floor no. yeah. she, she got off around, the second floor she got off around doink yeah yeah 
There was one spot where, like, she was still riding the elevator, and then all the guys and girls were, like, there looking at each other. And she's, like, hiding in the elevators. They're all fighting. And then the elevator door closes, and she starts going back up. But this is, like, five minutes after she's entered the elevator. And I'm like, holy crap. She should be, like, on the roof holding the, the briefcase right now. She must have just hit all the buttons. Yeah, it's, she must have. It, or, like, went up and down several times or something. That's something that Oscar would do. Yeah. She's in there dancing, just having fun, wait, waiting for the elevator to go up and down. But yeah. So that happened. Then we go to the roof. And I have some issues here. But we're going to talk about them. So we're going to hit the high points. Not much happened. But Asuka and Nia Jax and Lacey Evans are fighting. Nia Jax, in a pre-recorded match, screws up a move. She holds Lacey Evans above her head. She tries to drop her behind her. She does it very sloppily. Pre-recorded. Pre-recorded. You can't edit it, can't do it again? No. It was bad. Nia Jax sucks. And so... Basically, Oscar gets the upper hand. She's climbing the ladder, but here comes Baron Corbin. And I'm like, oh, well, they can just both grab him at the same time. And Baron Corbin, being the dumbest man in the entire world, is like grabbing Oscar's hands. He's like, nope, no, you don't. Nope. And I'm like, what are you talking about? There's two of them there. Let her get yours. You grab yours. You can't get both of them. Can't do it. And it's not even like he's aligned with a certain female in this match. It'd be different if like he was trying to get Nia Jax to win. Right. Right. We all know no, that no woman would be attracted to Baron Corbin. It's not like any of them were in a relationship with him. <laughs> so, basically, yeah, like, and she basically knocks him off the ladder. She grabs the briefcase. She slapped the snot out of him, by the way. Yeah, yeah. she slapped the snot out of him, kicked him in the head, and knocked him off. Asuka I was is. Like, Dang, Asuka, take both briefcases for that one. Your women's money in the bank winner. And I do believe. Called it. The Mr. Mike is in. Picked right Oscar, so three it's points me. for Micah. It's me. And, uh, yeah, so you won. Because so I'll tell you, none of us picked the men's. Also, I, keep- I, I think we should point out, Shayna Baszler didn't even make it to the roof. Nope. She did she not. Just, what, like, RIP Shayna Baszler's career, I guess? I don't know. Well, let, I, me, let me ask you guys this. So I basically said in the preview that if Shayna didn't win this, her career was over because they don't believe in her. But... Considering what we know now about Becky, I'm going to rethink that because I think Shane yeah. and Oscar would be a really cool, really cool feud. Yeah, I think so. I would imagine would... they'll probably do like an Oscar Nia Shayna match. Yeah, because they they kind of been the three from Raw lately. I would imagine something like that. They might do something different, but if they're going to go into something easy, either tonight or next week, that would probably be the easiest thing to do. Uh, even though even though Oscar does have the briefcase, but. Uh, yeah, I would see them doing something like that. So she still has like a match or two left, but yeah, I'm. I don't think she's anytime soon going to be doing anything unless Ronda Rousey's involved at some point. Yeah, agreed. So after that, Baron Corbin's up there. Otis comes up to the roof and he tries to climb the ladder, but the ladder just breaks again. Like, a gimmick right. stepped. Yeah, a so gimmick stupid. step on that. that so first stupid. Step. He didn't learn anything Mysterio. from SmackDown. Like, hey, I should no. get a better ladder. Mysterio is up there. Alistair Black is up there. Uh, and so, basically, Baron Corbin throws Mysterio off the roof. And you hear the thud. And you hear, who's that jumping out the sky? <laughs> R-E-Y Mysterio. No, but that would have been great. Then he goes to Alistair Black perfect. and just chucks him off the roof. But it wasn't like this, oh man, this big struggle. No, he just throws him. And I will say that the aerial fo- footage 
WWE is so stupid that they didn't think, yeah. oh, maybe we should hide that crash pad right there. Nope. Yep. Or the fact that it was like, so they, they kind of made it seem like they threw him off the roof. Uh, I mean, I, that's how a lot of people thought. Yeah. I mean, they, the thud came like quickly after. So, I mean, you could say that they probably didn't intend it to act like it was the top of the roof. Because it wasn't. It, I mean, they like almost immediately after showed the helicopter shot and it was just like a level down. So he didn't throw them off the roof, but I mean, Hey, fans thought there was going to be somebody possibly thrown off the roof. And then he did that. So I thought that's what it was meant to be. You know what I want now? Not only do I want Baron Corbin to have seven years of bad luck. I want him to show up on raw, get like 30 seconds in to his speech or whatever about the match and what happened and what transpired and then he hears sirens, and then he has to run away. I want to see a Bronco chase with Baron Corbin. I want to see his new gimmick being that he's a fugitive and he's running away from he the committed, murder of two men. He committed, yeah, murder or manslaughter. Him and, him and the Undertaker can start their own little club for uh, for kayfabe manslaughter. Well, yeah, it was, that's a good idea. Rey Mysterio and Aleister Black are fine because they are announced for the main event of tonight's Raw. Okay, so it didn't matter. That's cool. No, yeah, they just like they chunked off the roof and like no big deal. We'll they just show up they wrestle the next day. They cut a promo like AJ, like yeah, I knew I was dead, but whatever, who cares? Yeah, Ray's like I, I got threw off the roof, but who cares? Yeah, made made no sense. Whatever. Um, but what does matter is that Baron Corbin and AJ Styles climbing up the ladder, right? And they're both grabbing it, and they unhook it. But Elias shows up because Baron Corbin destroyed the glass, right? He got bad luck now. Elias shows up, clubs Baron Corbin in the back with his $20 guitar. Baron Corbin falls off, and AJ Styles is so astonished by this. He's like, I can't believe that that happened. He drops the briefcase. It's not like Baron Corbin fell, still trying to grab it. No. AJ Styles... The greatest wrestler on the planet, in my opinion, just dropped it. And guess who was there to catch it? Otis. AJ did not maintain possession through the ground. He did not keep both hands on the briefcase. Both feet were not in bounds. He he fumbled his ball. Otis maintained possession with two feet on the ground. He sure did. That's that's uh, essentially what they said because – AJ had it in his hand for like a second. And okay. then he was like, yeah. and he was just like, whoa, and just like threw it off the ladder. Otis catches it and holds it. And we forgot to mention as well. So there's no commentary to this entire match. There's music right. and stuff. And it was so refreshing that we just had to watch this. So when Asuka and Otis both win, Michael Cole <laughs> comes over. And not only like, he doesn't just come on and like, oh my God, Otis just caught it. He has, he's like, Otis with possession of the briefcase. Like he could not be any less excited. Like he could right. not care any less. Seriously. Just like, I thought he was trying to do the Messiah gimmick. He was just like, so <laughs> uninterested in what was going on. He said like, and Oscar, like it's like a golf commentator or something. He's like, and Oscar, the women, the women's money to make winner. And then Otis called it. He's like, Otis maintaining, uh, maintaining possession of the briefcase. So he is the men's money to make winner. Like it's like somebody just handed him a piece of paper and just said, Hey, say this into a microphone. It was just so devoid of any emotion, any excitement. Like I just, Otis was pretty excited. And I did think it was pretty funny. He got it and he's like, 
I did it, Mandy. I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, he said like, uh, instead of uh, yo, Adrian, he said, yo, Mandy, I did it or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah it's was, it was playing off the Rocky thing. But yeah, it was great that it was celebrated. But yeah, Michael Cole <laughs> had two lines to say basically in this entire match. And he somehow screwed that up. So yeah. let's talk about your winners, right? Let's talk about Asuka first. And I think Asuka was a perfect winner for this, especially considering what just happened on Raw, which we'll talk about tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> tune in. But of all the choices, Asuka's the best one. Yeah. What do you guys think? I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. And also, this is now that Asuka has won the money in the bank, and you've already spoiled it, so I, I'll say the Raw Women's title. She's right. now won every woman's accolade in WWE. Every one of them. Money yep. in the Bank, Royal Rumble, uh, NXT, Raw, SmackDown, Tag. She's got them all. Every one of them. And I think she's the first person to ever do that. First female to ever do that with the female titles. So that's pretty cool. Glad that it's her. She definitely deserves this win. Just like I said, that's why I picked her for this. Uh, she's been the MVP of the MD Arena matches. And I can't think of anybody better to be a champion during this time. So, yeah. Maybe yeah, I totally agree. Uh, elevate Raw's women division a little bit for now. Yeah, I wouldn't mind Shayna getting it. Um, I was afraid, and I would get it. I mean, that's that was my pick, just because I just WWE. They, they, you know how they do things. Uh, so I was so afraid that she was going to end up getting it. But they do like to see the Giants dominate and then lose in the end because they yeah. have to put somebody over. So uh, that's what they did here. But glad she didn't win it, uh, especially after that bot- botch with Lacey Evans. It was horrible, but. Uh, Shayna, I would have liked to seen win as well, but hey, I have no complaints. I thought Oscar deserved it, and glad she won it. So, Otis, go ahead, Micah. I, I didn't know what to think. To be honest with you, uh, I wanted Alistair Black to win this. Obviously, they didn't have faith in him for him to win it yet. My second choice would have been AJ, but I mean. I, me personally, I feel like Money in the Bank should be the turning point for someone's career. Um, it should be the elevation of someone, and AJ's already got it, so that's why I didn't want to go with AJ. Um, man, it's it's kind of ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, yep. what do they what do they do? Is is uh, is is Braun gonna lose the title of the Fiend and Otis is gonna take him on? Is it gonna be Otis versus the Fiend at uh, SummerSlam? Is that what we're going for? I don't know. I, I even thought maybe perhaps Otis will give it to Mandy and have Mandy cash it in on, you know, Bailey. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Um, I love Otis. I'm all about Otis. It's weird. It's real weird. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy to see it. He, he's been the most entertaining thing on SmackDown for the yeah. longest time. Uh, so I'm, I'm fine with it. Um I just didn't like the uh, – it was just like a typical – I don't see why they couldn't just let him win. <laughs> I mean, it had to be a gimmicky – Because he can't climb a ladder, Kyle. He's too fat. Get him a heavy-duty ladder. Like, we've seen Big Show climb a ladder. Like, let him not climb all the other ladders if you want. Let, let him break every ladder if he wants to. But just let him find the giant ladder and let him climb up. Like they could have, they could have very well just made it where Otis was afraid of heights, and it would have been so much better. Um, <laughs> no, it would perfectly play <laughs> off with Otis. 
Is it not believable that Otis is afraid of heights? Come on, man. He's a giant child. Um, I will, and I, I think it's worth mentioning, Otis is actually 5-0 and now in singles competition. So one would say from the AEW standpoint, 5-0, and you should get a title shot. I don't know, but... Well, he doesn't I need mean, one now. He's got the briefcase. Who, uh... I'm, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I love Otis, but I don't want to see him face Drew. I don't want to see him face Braun or Bray or whoever it's going to be next on... I don't know. It's uh, it's a little weird. What do you what do you think, Matt? So, we talked a little bit about this before the show, and I think that it's hard because I think this should be used to elevate someone. But Otis is not someone that you want elevated to your world heavyweight championship position. He's not. Yeah. So is he going to maybe cash it in for the tag titles, which I think would be cool? I think that if he said, you know what, Tucky, you let me go on this journey, and you didn't you didn't forget about me, I'm not going to forget about you either. So I'm cashing in for a world tag team championship shot. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we we briefly talked about this before the show, and uh, I think that's probably the best outcome because Tucker has been kind of tossed aside in this whole thing, and. He really shouldn't be. I mean, he's not a bad worker. He's, you know, not bad on the mic. He's he's been he's done well on this, you know, the Mandy Otis storyline that's, you know, gone to obviously Oda is the, the more endearing of the two, but I think they make a great team together. And I don't want to see him break up the tag team just because Otis is great. Like they they tend to do that all the time. When they find a good tag team like like uh Enzo and Cass. I mean, the downfall of that team and ultimately of the two superstars was breaking them up. It should have never been broken up. They were a great tag team uh, just because they worked so well as a pairing. Uh, they just didn't need to happen. Same thing with Chad Gable and uh, Jason Jordan. No reason to break them up, but they did. WWE just has it in them all because back in the day, even though they were a great tag team, they broke up Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, and Shawn Michaels went on to be one of the greatest superstars of all time. They feel like they have to do that everybody and i don't see why otis is going to be more most successful i think when he's with tucker i think he can unless he's just like a different character now they could you know move in that direction but when he's in this character he doesn't have a long single shelf life in my opinion i think he's going to be best served with a tag team with someone like tucker and i think tucker's you know great with him as and they've been a great team so to see Otis cash us in on a single title, I think is the wrong move. I think, uh, I think him doing it with Tucker is the right thing to do, and it works in the story because Otis could say, you know, everybody's going to call me crazy. Everybody's going to say, you know, what are you doing? You got a shot at the world title, but Tucker, you've been with me this whole time. I am where I am because of you. We've been chasing after these tag titles, and we've yet to win them. I want to do this for you. I want to do this for us and his team because you're my brother. You know, maybe there's a shot down the road for this, but we have to win the tag titles. And he cashes it in for the tag titles because that's what he does for his brother. He will be the ultimate babyface. Like it's just like the perfect thing to do. I, I don't see why they would, but they're WWE, so who knows what they'll do. Yeah, I. It's just so. I don't know. It makes it could elevate the tag titles and make it be really important, or 
it could de-elevate the Money in the Bank briefcase. Which I don't think it would. I think it would elevate the tag titles if it's done properly. Can you imagine if this was done in AEW? If Matt Jackson won this and said, my gosh, we're the best tag team in the world and we still haven't won the AEW World Tag Team Championship, so screw the singles title. Our focus is on the tag titles. Yeah, but and the then, tag titles matter there. Exactly. So it's just it's hard in WWE. I want it to matter. I really do. I, because I, there's so many talented tag teams in this company that aren't getting their due. That's why the Revival left. The Revival were just on Jericho's podcast and said, you know, we left not because we weren't be get we weren't it's not that we weren't given our due, it's that the, the division was not given its due. Yeah. Well, what better way to elevate it than to have Otis say, like, yeah, I do want the world title eventually, but it's been our goal to win these tag titles with, with Tucker. Like, that's what I'm saying. Right. Like, I think it would be much more important and would elevate the belts for him to do that. I don't think there's I, – I, I don't see why you would say – I mean, probably in people's minds, people would say, like, you know, why is he doing this? You know, it's kind of dumb. Like, some people – but I think when you really think about it and if they play it right, like I said, if they say – if Tucker or if Otis comes out and actually says this, if he says now, if he just comes out and they just cash in on the tag belts and no, there's no explanation, it'd be kind of silly. But if he has a promo, he sits down and says, Tucker, you've been on this journey with me. Let's do this together. Like, this is what our goal has been. Like it, it, it makes it more endearing to Otis, to Tucker. Uh, if they, you know, want it eventually, especially against like a heel team or even like the new day, someone who's like an established team, if they finally climb the mountain to do it, It'll be much like a much bigger moment than just Otis like cashing in on somebody like randomly like Strowman or Bray Wyatt behind their back and then winning the title probably for short term yeah. short short term like title reign. So I think it'd be much more impactful. It elevate the tag belts, you know, probably not for long because WWE doesn't care about them anyway. But at least for this brief moment, it could be. So I think that's the way to go. Yeah, I just don't know if that's what they'll do. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure either, but it'd be great. Yeah, agreed. Well, this episode has been almost as long as the actual pay-per-view. Not really. Uh, probably about half as long. Yeah, because that pay-per-view was 224. We're past an hour now. Good stuff. Good stuff. Definitely better uh, than Nia Jack or uh, Tamina. I said Nia Jax. Tamina and Bailey. 100%. Yeah. Do you guys want to add anything else before we get before we wrap up? Are we going to uh, grade the show? Won. Oh, yeah, of course. Duh. I forgot. Oh, by the way. Uh, what was the score, Micah? Uh, I don't know, but I won. We, we all we all tied. We all it, tied. It except came for the down final. to the money in the bank because we basically had the same picks. We all the show. had the exact same picks except for our truth MVP, which didn't even happen. Yeah. So I thought I someone picked the Forgotten Sons in the tag match. Nope, everybody chose New Day. Oh wow, okay. And uh, yeah, so I won by three points, which is the only points that matter. Yeah, one hundred percent true. So let's grade it, and I again, I know we're going to have drastically different grades. So Kyle, go ahead. I it's it's a little tough. I, I loved, loved, loved. I cannot like emphasize enough. I love that this is only three and a half or two and a half hours. Like I was trying to explain to my girlfriend who's not a wrestling fan, I was like, "Babe, it's so incredible. The show is only two hour, two and a half hours long." And she looked at me like I was crazy, and I was like, "No, you don't get it. Like WrestleMania." was like eight hours or like seven hours the last couple of years. This was yeah. so enjoyable. Like, cause the old pay-per-views used to be three hours and they were the perfect amount of time. And Agreed. I will say I definitely didn't enjoy everything on the show. I actually, for the most part, I didn't enjoy it. 
Uh, and you'll see by my grade. But I did love that this was only two and a half hours long. If it had been like three to four hours, it would have been way worse. But uh, it was kept at a good rate, uh, at a good time, and I thought that was very important. I thought the real main event, which was the Seth Rollins Drew McIntyre match was awesome. I thought it was great. I mean, that's probably the best match you're going to have in an empty arena uh, setting. Uh, so I thought they knocked it out of the park. And the main event, though it was very silly at some points, some parts were just straight up stupid. Uh, and the ending was kind of, I enjoyed Otis and Oscar winning, but the way they happened was kind of weak. And overall, I kind of felt let down because I was just expecting so much. But I got to say, it was memorable. And you know what? I'll give them points because they tried. They did something unique. Uh, obviously, they, they did the Boneyard match at WrestleMania. And uh, they did the, what was the other one? The Firefly Funhouse match. That was yeah. its own thing. But it was still unique. Like, I re- remembered like everything that happened in the match, which is hard to do nowadays. There's so much wrestling. It's memorable, even though it wasn't great. It was okay. Like, it was fine. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. But it was okay. And the main event was great. Other than that, nothing on the show was that great to me. I thought the women's match was horrible. I thought Brain Strowman wasn't good. Uh, it was better than I probably thought it was going to be, but then the ending was just like dumb. Lastly, in truth, it was a waste of time. And the Fatal 4 was what I saw on SmackDown. So even though I love the last two, well, I love the, the title match and then the Money in the Bank match was, you know, memorable and entertaining at least. I can't give it higher than a C like it just, and really to me, it was more like a C minus just because the first part of the show to me was just so horrible. I just couldn't get over it. So I got to give this a C minus. Micah. Uh, that's a little, definitely a worse than I would say it was. Um, I think Drew versus Seth is one of the best matches we've had in a long time. Very, very good match. Even a D if it wasn't for that, honestly. <laughs> okay. Um, I did like that they were doing something different with the Money in the Bank match. It was definitely unique. Um, I'm not going to say it was good. It was unique. Uh, they tried, which is is good. I did like how it was shorter, just like Kyle said. I would not have wanted to sit through four hours of this, or eight hours, as some pay-per-views are at, at times. Uh, the rest of the matches were just okay. Uh, I don't think any of them were bad in their own merit. Um, uh, R-Truth was a squash match. It shouldn't have been on the pay-per-view. The SmackDown tag titles, like the match for its own merit wasn't bad, but it's just a dumb style of match. I don't like that style of match. Uh, The women's tag, or the women's, uh, SmackDown women's title match, it was just okay. It had a dumb ending, but it was, it wasn't bad. It was better than Becky versus Shayna at WrestleMania, in my opinion. Because I thought that match was bad, mainly because I had higher hopes for it, I guess. Bray versus Braun was better than I thought it would be, and that's only average. So I think if I had to grade the pay-per-view, I'd probably give it a C plus. Um, it's not quite into the B range, but it's it was it was better than I expected. So we're going to keep going up and up and up because I thought this show was fun. I thought that the this is going to be a forgettable pay-per-view. In five years' time, no one's going to be like, man, do you remember Money in the Bank 2020? But we'll still be talking about Drew and Seth. And we, <laughs> might, we might be talking about that Money in the Bank match. We really might. 
Hardy and Cesaro was really good. The tag team championship match, even though we just saw it, was fun. Uh, you had a squash match that didn't matter. Bailey Tamina was better than it should have been. Uh, Strowman and Wyatt was entertaining storytelling. Drew and Seth was incredible. I mean, I can't sell it enough, guys. I love this match. In the Money in the Bank match, you can debate whether it was good or whether it was bad, but one thing that it really was was entertaining. I had a lot of fun with this match. I thought that that the... I, I love, like you guys know, I love the Royal Rumble because I love the, the surprise entrance. I love, you know, that anticipation of who's going to come out. I love cameos. And I absolutely loved that Vince and Stephanie were there. It was funny. Uh, people got tossed off the roof and you knew they were going to be on Raw. Like, literally, they're wrestling right now as we're recording this. So I just, it was just entertaining. It wasn't good. Probably not. If we're going to sit here and debate whether it was good. I probably would say no, because it was a giant mess. But it was fun, and I liked it. I'm going to give the show a B. I enjoyed this pay-per-view, and I think that a big reason I enjoyed it is because of how short it was. I think if this was a three-and-a-half-hour, four-hour slog, I would have been like, oh my gosh, when is this going to be over? But like we got through, we, when we got to Drew and Seth, we were an hour and a half in. And I'm like, what is happening? Are these matches going to be super long? No. Drew and Seth was 20 minutes, and then the Money in the Bank was 27. So it was it was fun. I liked it. I'm not going to complain about it. If if every WWE pay-per-view, which is the company that does, you know, ridiculous stuff, and again, I know AEW does their own ridiculous stuff. Sammy Guevara just got ran over by a golf cart. But the company, they can do ridiculous stuff because they don't take them. They Sometimes they take themselves, how can I explain this? Because it's not coming off right. Yes, I understand they take themselves very seriously, but they can get away with this kind of stuff because they do stupid stuff all the time. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay, yeah. that's what I'm going with. But yeah, it was just fine. The, the show was, was a little better than fine. I had fun. So two and a half hours of random crap, sure. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm not... It's not like I sat down and watched Raw and I'm upset that I just watched it. Right. You know, so that's why I gave a C plus. I think it's a little better than passing. Uh... There's been plenty of times I've sat down and watched Raw and I was like, oh, man, I just wasted a lot of time. That was terrible. Uh, it was enjoyable, but I wouldn't say that it was good. So, okay. Yeah, but I, think your, I think your points are fair. So anything else we want to add before we wrap up the show? Mm, not that I know of. I think we've got everything. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been, since Micah didn't tell you at the beginning, episode one. Zero three of Russell Life Radio. My name is Matt Sin, also known as Russell Life Matt. You can find me at Russell Life Matt on Instagram and Twitter. You can find Kyle on Instagram at Kyle.poly. And you can find us all on Instagram at Facebook at Russell Life Radio and at Russell Life Pod on Twitter. Make sure to tune in tomorrow. I tell you right now, this Raw is gonna be one you're gonna want to know about. And I'm not gonna guarantee it's gonna be one you want to watch. Because the new I'm not the new day, the Street Profits. Are, wrestle, are, are having a basketball match with the Viking Raiders, and I cannot wait to review that with you guys. And plus, tomorrow's going to be my last my last day on Weekend Review in a while. So i got to make sure I'm there, guys. We're, Did we're R-Truth at least show them how to be balling? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> Man, no if, 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 if R-Truth doesn't run in, it might be worth it. That is incredible. But again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We appreciate you. We'll see you tomorrow. Have an absolutely 
wonderful day. I love you.